someone else has already said it best. This is the best, the best of it. The best ones aren't as good as you probably think they are. What is best in life? I did the best I could. Doing my best. 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 about people in the burbs are people like skip people who mow their lawn for the 800th time and then snap well that's us it's not them that's us we're the ones who are vaulting over the fences and peeking into people's windows we're the ones who are throwing garbage in the street and lighting fires we're the ones who are acting suspicious and paranoid we're the lunatics us it's not them us. <laughs> hello, <laughs> hello, and welcome to Best of the Best Podcast. With you as always, uh, myself, Mr. Connor Keys, alongside me, Mr. Ronan Mullen. Hello. How are we doing? I am well. Are you well? Hi, we're here. We're here. We're doing The Burbs, um, uh, an, an 80s classic, just the tail end, 1989. At the, at the tip. At the tip of her, uh, featuring the... the Amazing, Mr. Tom Hanks. The comic stylings? Mm-hmm, of Tom Hanks, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is early Tom Hanks, obviously. Um, probably somebody who, no doubt, we will come back to at some point, yeah. who has been in some truly uh, classic films. Mm-hmm. But The Burbs, uh, is, it's it's up there with his best it's 80s right work. Up, for it's it. right up there. <laughs> best of all time, do you think, of his work? Uh, to me... But I have my reasons. I will explain them. <laughs> but uh, this is right after Big. This is literally the year it was filmed, the year Big came out. Yeah, so you have uh, Hank's period. You've got Big, uh, Dragnet. Splash. Splash, The Money Pit, The Burbs. Yeah. Yeah. These are it all on a run right up to this. It's it's after this where he hits pay dirt. Big, uh, yeah, and a lot, of, a lot of comedy. It's something you don't class him as now because he's got so serious and he's Oscar winning you mm-hmm. know actors everybody he started off in, on comedy sort of light hearted films yeah uh, who would be his equivalent today Jesus is there somebody like that doing it's probably going to be like a Seth Rogen or something or someone along them yeah, lines maybe, yeah. because like I don't think he he was a big big into getting his own production companies and all that stuff sorted and writing his own scripts but in terms of comic performances he doesn't really have an equal at the minute. If I'm, yeah, bit, maybe a bit bold saying that, but maybe, maybe. But again, I mean, could people who have watched at the time when they were watching Big and they were watching The Money Pit, could they then foresee him being the Oscar winner of even just four years later in Philadelphia? I sincerely doubt it. You know, it was a big change, you know. So it yeah. shows you how much he's changed as an actor. Uh, but Tom Hanks is not the only. Um, no. Not the no. only thing about the burbs that we love. Um, a lot of uh, great, great talent on this um, in, in many different ways, not just their acting ability, but you've got... Um, it, it's it's a character actor's dream of a film. Mm, absolutely. Um, no, not Bruce Dern. So Bruce Dern, famous for... He's not uh, he's not classed as a character actor. He's an Oscar-winning actor. But yeah. in, in this film, I always thought of this film as... It, like it was written for kids to play these parts. Yeah. Because authority figures don't listen to them. Nobody's listening to them. Other adults don't listen to them. 
and it's yeah. like three kids who have stumbled <laughs> onto a mystery. I suppose we should explain maybe the background to anybody that uh, any of our younger listeners who haven't seen it, uh, or even to refresh people's memory. The Burbs was based on Tom Hanks living in the suburbs. The suburbs. Uh, living next door to to uh, the uh, unruly characters. Yeah, the 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 Klopex or Klopex as the police refer to them as. <laughs> but they're. Uh, it's clear from the very start. The intro to the film has a great. The Universal logo has a the world spinning behind it, uh-huh. and I always love that it zooms in on the world, goes to America, and picks this street. Yeah, and it shows you the sort of houses on the street, which we don't leave. We stay no, on yeah. this street exclusively. Um, but it shows then all these idyllic houses, and then it shows this one dilapidated, with the presence of evil mm-hmm. surrounding it, sort of house. Yeah. So you're clear from the very start. We're going to focus on this house at some yeah. point. So, it, uh, and again, the sort of uh, allegorical end of things of what it stands for and what it, mm-hmm. what it represents. I mean, it did sort of, there there was that at that time, and we still get it a wee bit now, that sort of pride in your house and looking down at your neighbour if they don't do what you do and don't yeah. cut your grass when they took the grass. Absolutely. And, uh, it, uh, it still exists. It's still yeah, there on. is that house in everybody's park, everybody's street that people go, I think that fucker would take a strummer out. If they've left the ladder out. You're, all right, I'm Marty Nubar. Any other crack? Like, <laughs> fuck me, that, that's what's concerning you. And then you find you doing it. He's right, you know, that ladder's been out a long time. <laughs> but everybody next has thing, it. Next thing there's a community meeting three months later. Can we sort out the ladder <laughs> scenario? Or the, you know, the across the fence beers. When are we going to do about that ladder? You hear about that ladder, did you? Oh, no, just ladder. You can do it on the window one step at a time. I was telling my <laughs> wife, wife about it last night and... The intro to the film, basically what we what we find out straight away is it's an idyllic street and Tom Hanks has took the week off, but he isn't going anywhere. He wants to stay in the house. Yes. So what he's doing from day dot is staring out the window at his neighbour stepping in dog shit, running across the road to shout at his other neighbour, mm-hmm. which we'll play a clip of in a minute. But what hit me straight away was, you know them few days you have off and you're in the house mm-hmm. and you are looking out the window at stupid shit like that? <laughs> yeah. That's that's usually me giving off a bit birds or something. Well, considering the current time we're in, if you're listening to this, uh, whenever you are, you're probably doing exactly that. You are doing that. If you're listening to this in 2023, uh, no, you're not. So um, you're you dead. Good uh, <laughs> Jesus is playing this for you on his MP3 player. Where do you hear these two boys? <laughs> but uh, why has he got an MP3 player? <laughs> Uh, Daddy won't pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. But if you at the moment that you can definitely relate to that, it's kind of like the the rear window, the, the sort of Hitchcock thing. Of yeah, and it's it, you can it's tell sort of like you can tell it's like a, a lot has back. been taken from films yeah. like that. You're bang on because so, it's it's got that. It really, even though it's 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 an open street and it's a, we don't move from this street the whole film. Yeah, which is a bold move. Which is a bold yeah. move, and they did uh, contemplate shooting scenes outside of. Essentially, it's Universal's lot. You'll notice that this street um, has a lot of famous houses on it. Yeah. So, in particular, what a lot of more modern... I well, don't actually, no. I'm going, yeah. I was going, oh, is there? Oh, right. Okay. Right. So, the Klopex, the Klopex house yeah. is... Uh, my wife told me the name of them. The Vandekamps from Desperate Housewives. Oh, right. That's their house. Obviously, right. there, there's like a, a huge point... That, that we see later on in the film land in a police car yeah it's not on the house but it, the then when you look around that whole universal back lot that this is filmed on yeah is the street where desperate housewives is filmed ah. also ricky uh our, our lovable cory feldman 
Mm-hmm. His house is only shown from the side and briefly from the front. It doesn't show you the full facade of the house. And that's the monster's house. Get the fuck. Mm-hmm. That's right. Even, even weirder, as you mentioned, Dragnet. Yes. The Virgin Connie Swales house. No. Is Ray Peterson's house. The Virgin Connie Swales. So he's in the fucking house again. Trying to get at the Virgin Connie Swales. Well, and Carrie Fisher. God love days of school day. Uh-huh. Well, listen, you just, we, you, we've briefly glimpsed over a couple of names there. So one yeah. of them being a, a big strong point is Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Uh, A.K.A. Princess Leia from Star Wars. and uh, Still looking good in this one. Looking good and still as witty and as yep. on Sharp. the ball as, as ever. Um, obviously spent her later career then doing a lot of writing, a lot of script writing. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually extremely got a lot of, talented. She got a lot of uh, Emmy nominations and stuff for TV work. Yeah, TV work. And a lot of she did 30 Rock and she got a lot of credit for it. You could see then, even in this, the, the, the level of skill. There's a scene where uh, herself and Tom Hanks, she's Tom Hanks' wife in this, mm-hmm. and herself and Hanks are fighting in the... Uh, in the kitchen, yeah, but you can see it's definitely improvised. You yeah, know, they're a lot of interrupting each other over the top of each other, which most directors wouldn't let happen. They would yep. want it to flow, would be scripted. But you can very definitely see that when they're fighting, they're working off each other and just waiting for the other one to finish yeah. and come back in. That's and it works, and it's very good acting to, to be mm. able to do that, oh, especially when you're in front skill. of a camera. Yeah. And this didn't have a sharp timeline to get filmed, but it was mm-hmm. filmed pretty quick. I think they did it in ten weeks. Right. Okay. Um. So. But there's a scene early on, like this is before we get to the main plot of the story at all here. Yeah. The scene early on where she's already given off to him and rolled her eyes about him looking out the window at <laughs> Lieutenant Ronsfield yeah. stabbing the dog shit. Uh, and he's standing at the kitchen counter. And if you notice in the background, there's a gremlin cereal. Oh. Joe Dante directed gremlin. We'll get into Joe Dante. Oh, right? yeah, Joe Dante. So um, we're looking at the two of them and she says, do you want something to eat? And he's like, no, I've got that stomach thing. And uh-huh. you, on her face, she's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Here you go again. again. <laughs> but it, those and, wee tiny nobody, moments, you're nobody, going... Nobody rolls the eyes as yeah, well as Carrie Fisher. She's so good. Like, <laughs> but it's done with such subtlety. And it's and like yeah. I said, it's not part of the plot, but it builds character so well in, in a film that isn't about marriages and about relationships. No, it's about it's something about else. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's such a subtle wee thing to put in, but done so well that you, you appreciate it more when you rewatch the film. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but yeah. she's she's ex- exceptional in a film full of exceptional Full films. of talent and full, yeah. But you can see uh, she definitely shines as strong as anybody else in the film. Uh, yep. You've got then, you just mentioned there, Lieutenant Rumsfeld. That's Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern, um, who is, explain Lieutenant Rumsfeld. He is a retired army veteran who... Lives at home, but still lives the army vet life. Uh, he, he takes great pride in his lawn and his American flag on his lawn. So we were introduced to him um, when he comes out with his trophy wife. And he's raising the flag, saluting the flag, <laughs> steps back and realizes the other neighbor's dog, Walter, his dog, Queenie, has took a shit in the lawn. Oh, no. I think we have a clip of it here. Um, so this is Lieutenant Rumsfield. uh Getting a wee bit upset, I think. Getting very upset. Is, uh... Yeah. From the street! I know you're in there, old man! Honey, honey, the neighbors! Listen up, mister. That piece of scum barking rat of yours has just taken his last stomp on my lawn. I find one more, just one, I'm gonna catch him and staple his ass shut! Queenie, give it her... (laughs) (laughs) You can hear Queenie in the background. Just giving it off. <laughs> Just giving it the full. Nah, you can't fucking get me in the house, you trampy. <laughs> I'm a little size of you, Queenie. 
Uh, yes, that's Bruce Dern. Um, <coughs> so you can playing. hear also in the background trying to keep him at bay is his wife, Bonnie, mm-hmm. who's played by Wendy Shell. Now, Wendy's an attractive lady, mm-hmm. and she wears skimpy outfits for the entirety of this film. Yes. Um, but and it's in keeping with the trophy wife, Americana, suburb sort of vibe. Absolutely. And also, I mean, there are a, a, a few unashamedly uh, objectifying shots of it. But yes. This, this was 1989, so it's this was still, still happening. But it's done for the benefit of the luring teenager yes. character. So it leads us nicely on to the relatively sane and normal <laughs> Corey Feldman. Big Corey's in this is Ricky Butler. The big Corey F. Um, my childhood hero I as a child. I believe so. I um, Between Lost Boys, Goonies, and this. License to Drive, this. Uh, I was, yeah, I, I love me some Corey. Yeah. 2019, 2020, not so much, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Let's, let's stick with 1989. Corey's had problems. <laughs> Corey's made some problems. Corey's, Corey's made some problems. Corey's made some money. Mm. Uh, Corey's sucked something. Now, so what we would do <laughs> is... it's uh, So, Ricky, you can hear there's music playing in the background there. That's from Ricky's stereo system <laughs> which he has placed outside his house because he's been given the orders by his parents to paint the house mm-hmm. which we don't see him fucking do <laughs> a tip of uh, because he's too busy nosing around the neighbourhood at all the crack that's going on which to be fair yeah, it would keep anyone occupied yeah especially in the town of Ronsfield he's fucking threatened fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean it is would you class the burbs the tone it is mm. a comedy obviously um it's a but sinister comedy. Ah, the word I was going to use. Look at that there. Is this a sinister or something? Mm-hmm. There is obviously we know they're 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 paranoia. So this is the main crux of this. Is yep. that they're paranoid that this this dilapidated house uh, that's not looked after, not cleaned, and the people in dress <coughs> weird. Uh, and let's be honest, they barely see them when they in, do. They're digging out the back of their house in the film. They're made to look weird, and of all course the rest. they are. That's of course they are. Obviously, part of the whole Hollywood thing, but. Ultimately, telling the message, you know, that just because somebody looks different, he doesn't mean to suspect them, and that's all this sort of shit. Uh, but they have a great sort of team of characters hidden within that house as well. They do. Uh. <laughs> uh, we'll get to them. Yeah. On the other side, the owner of Queenie is Walter. Walter plays a major part in this film. But the other side, to 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 the other, we'll put up a map of the houses because there's a great <laughs> map online of, right, the, okay. of the street. Um. Tom Hanks is sort of second in command, is mm-hmm. the greatest idiot yeah. in all of film history <laughs> to me, and that's Art. Art. Art is played by Rick Ducommon. Uh, where did Rick Ducommon go? Rick died, man. Get out of there. Yeah. What, what, what like Rick, after, shortly after this? or No, in the early 2000s, but he never really got his time to shine. I was going to say, never, I've never seen him really anything after this. And but know. if you remember, Rick Ducommon was also in Die Hard for Foxy. He's huh? the guy in the manhole that they ordered to cut the power out of the building. <gasps> Get the That's fuck Rick's so is. So Rick's in a lot. Rick's in God uh, damn. Spaceballs, Hunt for Red October, Last Boy Scout, Encino Man, Groundhog Day. He's oh, the guy at the counter, remember? Day. Groundhog Day. Rick's He's a good the guy. drunk guy. He's the guy. What, what does he say? Makes him go and, and they go driving. The car. Oh, Jesus. Yep. Right, Rick, boy. So, uh, yeah, as you say, character actors. People, it's definitely a great film for... Oh, what's he had? Aye. Like, it, like it really... The amount, <laughs> the amount of that I've been looking at through the week of... What else was he in? <laughs> uh, but uh, Rick Common is great, and it is art. And uh, we sort of finalise the whole thing with... You know, the only other character, basically, in the whole film, then, is the Clopex, yeah. who are 
three brothers, we'll assume, mm-hmm. who um, have moved in recently. There, yeah. was, there was people who lived there before, an old couple, uh, but you can tell they didn't let their house go to such disrepute as the, yeah. the, the, the Klopex have let this house go to disrepute. Um, and we find out there's three of them. Mm. Um, there is... Three uh, beautiful looking critters. Three, there, <laughs> three brilliant... <coughs> there's... I never knew much about... Now, I always knew the younger guy. Mm-hmm. Hey, Pinocchio! <laughs> uh, Hans is uh, Courtney Gaines. Courtney Gaines is a member in Children of the Corn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Malachi. He's the oh, main right, guy yeah. in Children oh, of the Corn. Right, yeah. He's also in uh, Seinfeld. Oh. That's and say. he's the guy who steps in the middle of uh, in Back to the Future. Remember the Chapman Under the Sea dance? He's uh-huh. the guy who cuts in and wants to dance with her when George can't. Get out of it. That's Courtney Gaines. Look at that, folks. You've, you've heard it here first. Yeah, but uh, Henry Gibson, he plays Doctor. Yeah. Klopak. We all know him. He's he's in pretty much everything. Yeah, he's in Um But the middle brother, mm-hmm. the guy who's really surly yeah. and has a very clear German, Germanic sort of accent, uh-huh. who's play, he's Uncle Reuben, he's a guy called Brother Theodore. Oh. Now, what do you hear about Brother Theodore? Tell me about Brother Theodore. Brother Theodore is a guy, apparently, um, German-born American actor. He's mm-hmm. a comedian. Known for rambling stream-of-consciousness monologues, which he called stand-up tragedy. Of course he did. But what do you hear this? This is the first paragraph of his Wikipedia page. Strap yourself in, Gunner Case. My man. He was born into a wealthy Jewish family in Dusseldorf in the Rhine province, where his father was a magazine publisher. He attended the University of Cologne and at 32, under Nazi rule, was imprisoned at the Dauschau's concentration camp until he signed over his family's fortune for one Reichsmark. Hmm. Wait. After being deported for chess hustling in Switzerland... As you do. He went to Austria where Albert, Albert Einstein, a family friend and lover of his mother, helped him escape to England where he was interned and subsequently allowed to sail to New York in May 1940. That is some fucking fuck? Wikipedia. That's just the boy in the middle of the Klopex <laughs> who has like three lines. <coughs> a what? what? I know. I was going, I've never fucking heard of this boy. What the fuck is this all about? Albert Einstein too? What's he at? The motherfucker? Albert was fucking his <laughs> man. Motherfucker. Um, okay, and so the yeah. guy, uh, uh, like apparently from the from what happened during the war and him having sold his family fortune for one Reichsmark, he was depressed his entire life. Wouldn't you fucking be? Of course. <laughs> but apparently he was huge. Huge in the stand-up circuits in all America. Right. I'd never heard of him. Nope. So no. there you go. Not only Brother Rexmer. There you go. Brother Theodore in the middle of the whole thing. Selling the whole family for a buck. <laughs> Brother Theodore. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you've got a, quite a cast uh, and crew. And you need to have a number of key people in this because it is on one street, so you need to keep yeah. people's attention. And, uh, I mean, realistically, it's an hour 40, but you probably could have trimmed. I mean, 80s being a bit more lavish and extravagant than they normally are. They could have trimmed that down a wee bit. There's a wee bit of excess maybe on a couple of scenes but yeah um, all in all it's i mean it's it's a it's a very solid it, it comedy is. in the sense that it's got layers to it it really does and that's a lot of social political sort of commentary on things and if you're just looking at this from the facade and just that's just an entertaining film it's brilliant if you're if you dig slightly deeper 
mm. you get a wee bit more reward. If you look into it, like we've been over the last week, mm. I, I genuinely think it's one of the best films ever made in that period. And this is, even this year, Ooh. the year alone, we hear what happened in 1989, Connor. Is it in the last Boy Scout year, was it? No, maybe. No, was that 90? Or maybe 90. Oh. This is the top films in 1989. Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Fucking mm-hmm. Batman. That's right. Batman. Back to the Future Part 2. Mm-hmm. Dead Poets Society. Lethal Weapon 2. Mm. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Ghostbusters 2. Little Mermaid, Born the Fourth of July. The good old days. Now look at all them films I named. What won at the Oscars? Fucking Drive Miss Daisy. Of course it did. Fucking Drive Miss... Well, to be fair, my left foot. Remember mm-hmm. Day Lewis won mm-hmm. them? Oh yeah, Christy Brown. So that's what's going on in 1989 in terms of highest grossing films. So this really didn't have a chance. But unlike most films me and you've covered, there was no onset animosity. They didn't go over budget. It didn't go over time. It made money. Yeah. It still thought... Highly, absolutely. But they had a Corey Feldman. They did have Corey in the middle of it, and Corey played a little bit of a part. And at this stage in Corey Feldman's life, he isn't the Corey of the Super Eighties. The two Coreys uh, run in the world. But is there not something I remember seeing something about? Uh, it was a Corey Feldman documentary, and it was about this film and about him making it. Mm-hmm. Was there not a scene where he gets shouted at by? Henry Gibson, yeah, but there's a scene where he ha- there was a, there was one certain clip, or Dick Miller, sorry, Dick Miller uh, gives him a bit of oh no, the time where he had to keep repeating breaking the the plate with the no, he came out of, it was just a simple thing. Um, he had he had to come out of the front door of the house, walk out to the end of the path and say a line. Oh yeah, but he was that off his fucking tits. Yeah, you can tell he kept fucking it up. So there's something I I, I should have found the exact number, but something along the lines of nearly thirty takes. It had to be of him come out just to do one line. And if you think about it, in 89, that's pretty much the demise of his career then. Well, Joe People, Dante, Dante had hired then, him, obviously, for Gremlins. Yeah, but they had told him that that was it. He yeah. Was yeah, so they brought him in, and he was only meant to be a minor part. But he ended up playing the eternally teenaged, sort of stoned-looking guy really well, funny enough. Mm, did wonder that. Um, that they put in more method. scenes for him. Method, method. It's method. It's fucking methadone acting. That's what it is. Uh, well, he... <laughs> There is a great clip online of... Remember where they're emptying the garbage out of the garbage truck? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because they're trying to find what uh-huh. the clopex have left in the bin bags yeah. at the end of the street. Because that's the thing we should remind people. They they do believe the clopex are... Are killing people. ...fucking killing people and all the rest. So they, every, they're they constantly... Chinese whispers, like like nosy yeah. neighbours going in yeah. through people's thing. But, I mean, nosy neighbours... Slash government, <laughs> yes. still the same. It's going through people's uh, details and their and their rubbish and their trash and stuff, and you're like, oh, you dodgy bastards. Yeah, it's uh. So yeah, they're in the middle of that. That's what the, that's why they're doing that. They keep they keep. In the middle thinking. of that, but Dick Miller, like, they're, they're, it's an outtake, and it wasn't on any sort of DVD or anything. Somebody found it, and right. Dick Miller goes, like Corey Feldman's clearly the 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 markers in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And once that clacks, you're meant to just be getting in character. Or yeah. You're meant to be getting in character for a few minutes before that fucking yeah. thing hits. But Corey Film is just fucking around. Dick Miller. The great Dick Miller, who's in every Joe Dante film. Oh. Every single one. He Good says boy. to him, shut the fuck up, kid. We're trying to act here. <laughs> and Feldman does like a fake, like he's going to hit him, messing. And Tom Hanks puts his hands into his dressing gown and puts his head down deep, like 
get fucking serious, kid. Like uh, you're gonna get fucking punched. But Feldman, like, can you imagine how many days on set that fucker was? Yeah, fucking about being it. brought into a wee yeah. corner and going, would you fucking stop? No, now that we're older, we know it's because you know we had issues and, and he, he had was, issues. He was uh, him and the other Corey were uh, allegedly abused. Um, yeah, that, 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 I mean, this, that's pretty. Um, prevalent at the minute because he's just released a documentary about it about yeah it. oh he's, he's flat out of twitter at the moment i mean it's it's been going on for a while but i mean he he has proclaimed that that's uh charlie sheen who was the one that um yeah abused cory ham on a set of a film back in the day and cory ham was 15 or 16 hmm. uh and charlie boy you know a few other people named that too but charlie mm. sheen would be the sheen's seems the to be the that would be yeah. the golden goose if that was he seems to be Who's denied it By the way We'll say for legal reasons Charlie Sheen's denied it Completely Fuck Charlie Sheen I don't fucking say no Because Fuck me No no You're doing that With that other boy And that other thing No that's <laughs> That's worthless No I uh, I I remember They released The divorce papers Of Charlie Sheen And Denise Richards mm-hmm. And uh, They never Because I, I knew They divorced But I never knew why until you read her divorce papers, where you thought it was surprising that somebody divorced Charlie Sheen. No, I knew the divorce didn't know why. I well, but you could pretty much throw two and two together and go because Charlie Sheen's fucking nutcase. Well, well, that's what you would. That's what he. That's wa- what I took. Sorry. No, that's what he told everybody, and that's what everybody took from it. But she took from it that she walked in and found him watching child porn. Ooh, and mercy. wanted her children out of the house ASAP, and that's in the divorce papers. Many kids they have together. Two, I think. Jesus Christ. But the weekend she released uh, the divorce papers came online. What did Charlie do? What? Winning. Oh. Oh. Tiger Blood. started his winning. His Becky's All period? that shit. All that shit was just deflection away from what was released in the. Wow. That's a. Tiger Blood gives you, you can't. But that, uh, Corey Feldman, this is probably the last time you see him on screen, really. And truth, you know, in an actual proper bona fide part. Yeah. Loads of B movies, loads of shit things yeah. since. But an actual Hollywood with an A list fucking headline star, that's the last thing he was in. But, uh, but what a thing to finish off on, <laughs> in fairness. Uh, <coughs> he wasn't, it, did he even do TV after this? I don't recall. Um, I, he went I, off the fucking radar. All off the radar and blacklisted by all the Hollyweird. That's like a. That's a standard sort of oh, standard, move yeah, that yeah. they do you for fuck people about that are and you fuck about and set, and it's not even so much. A, that's not that's not a conspiracy thing or anything. To no, get. no, that's, no. That's 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 out there. Uh, that's well, that's that's basically you've got a set there. You've got maybe 50, 60, 80, 100 people sitting working, and one dickhead's holding them back for the whole day because he's taking drugs. You're gone, and yeah. nobody's going to work with you again because you're a waste of fucking time. Um, the fact that you suck dick doesn't matter. Mm. Um, it's up to you if you charge for it. Yeah. So but the sinister comedy of the Burbs has taken an even more sinister turn. That's Corey Feldman for you. Uh, yeah. And this mean, was at this time? This was all... This was all at this time, because, I mean, if you go on anything he's, he's talking about at the moment today on Twitter, he's going back to this period. He's going yeah. back to 80, well, sort, of, sort of 85 to 89. Um, but it, it, thankfully... Well, I don't know. Did it leave a shadow over the Burbs at the time? I, I as, a, as a film I, I, being released you know, in regards to box office sale? And no, like no, 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 no. It, it was still successful. Because it was very... I remember... I thought the poster, yeah, was always very striking. Mm-hmm. 
which is Hank standing in a very sinister sort of, but well, he's mm-hmm. in the dressing gown. Yeah, <laughs> he's it's like it's Sopra- it's like Tony Soprano. Yeah, just a young Tony Soprano standing out. Uh, yeah, he's off in his week, uh, a week holiday, and that's why he's dressed like that. But again, it was sort of we're, the suburbs were sort of relatively not new to America, definitely not new, but it was this new mix of people living together. Mm-hmm. Previously, you would have had, you know, the 1950s, they're all the same people, made it work in the same factory, made it work in the same place. You know, this is now a real fucking yep. melting pot of all white. All <laughs> but, white. But a melting pot of personalities, nonetheless. Ma wore the big flowery dress all day, every day, and baked cakes. And Pa would cut the garden even in the suit that he came home from work in. Yeah, and that well, was all. This is different. Yeah. It's still as idyllic. It's the, the They paint the picture of a lovely neighborhood. But yeah, it is a different suburbia. Yeah, and the intro we heard there was basically the tail end of the movie where giving the thing away, but, you know, that's where they've realized we've, we're the fools, you know, we're the mm-hmm. ones that's paranoid, we're the ones that's worrying about the fucking what they're doing, and just mm-hmm. because they don't fit into what we do, which, again, could rely an awful lot and, and relate an awful lot to today. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but, again, Hanks, I mean, we haven't really dwelled on him at all yet. We'll get to Joe Dante, but I mean Hanks and this. I mean his. He's incredible in this. Yeah, he's full of energy. What he what he was in all those films, uh, The Money Pit and, and mm-hmm. Big as well. They were all high energy films. Um, that sort of dwindled away then when he got to the more serious stuff. I didn't see him do anything more. There wasn't that comedic many. or high energy. <coughs> Maybe a Forrest Gump, obviously, a different story. But you know what? Everything yeah. else was kind of like. Hanks started to play Hanks. Yeah. If that made sense. Yeah, America's dad. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Uh and and but in this one it still was he was able to sort of stretch it out. But you still look at it as Tom Hanks. You know, yeah, it's still what, yeah. it's still but like like you said about Corey Feldman, I sort of look at this one just different. Mm. when you when I'm in this one now, when I watch this film again, I'm like in my own wee world. Yeah. And I don't see Tom Hanks until the credits roll and I go, Oh yeah, Tom Hanks. Because <laughs> yeah. you start you're sort of so involved with the characters from minute one that it's even their dog. Yeah, plays a right. major part in the film. That's right. You know, and it's it's so you're so involved at every stage. Well, I remember seeing this. Must have been about eleven or twelve years of age. We'll see this. Um, yeah. I came out in '89, but by the time I came here, it would have been about a year after, a year or two years. And uh, it was actually, I do believe, I've, uh, an uncle of mine, Fly McCants, who's probably going to be listening to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fly had, and I call him Fly. Uh, he had. Loads of t- he was one of those fucking long play experts. You know, you've got three films on tape. Fucking masters. Those boys. Lower quality, but you're getting three films on tape. Those boys ruled the fucking world, let me tell you. Uh, yeah, so he had one of those ones, and I think he had like the Burbs, Lethal Weapon, and like the Money Pit. Something Bur- random. What? That's a fucking. Ah. Uh, so I had watched those films to death. Brilliant. Um, and this was one of them. But uh, the Money Pit as well is a forgotten. Brilliant. Piece of the great Shelley Long, yeah. But Hanks in this year, as I say, he's got that, but he's got Art to bounce off as well. Mm-hmm. Who Art is overtly stupid, overtly stupid. The first, but Hanks is like subliminally stupid. Hanks is just going along with it, yeah. but you can tell when he's when he's on he's his working when, when he's on his working week. He's, he's not falling for that shit. He's just walking away from Art. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. Yet. But when he's not doing anything and he's just sort of bored, he w- he wants Art to bring the yeah. crack. And, and Art he, comes over with some fucking... <laughs> Art lands in the first scene. He notices him because he's out the back trying to shoot crows because Art's wife is away for the week and Art's bored as fuck so he's way out with a shot or gun trying to shoot crows and he nearly shoots Tom Hanks so they bring him in and for the entirety of the five minutes he's in their kitchen. He's eating. <laughs> he's in their fridge. He pulls out like... Uh, 
ribs, dipping sauce, and a pineapple. <laughs> what are you going to do with all? But they never talk to him about a meeting. He's eating other people's food. And while doing all this, he's telling the story about the theory they have about the Clopex yeah. uh, with um, Ray and Carol's son. So he starts the ball rolling with, this is what we think is happening next door. And then the kid says that some other kid told them that they're grave diggers. Yeah. So this just spirals it from keeps here. Going. It's like Chinese whispers, but yeah. going worse. And, yeah. then, and then the thing that strengthens the Chinese whisper or the rumor is that certain coincident, coincidental things happen. Yeah. That they're like, oh, this definitely is, you know. So there's, as you said earlier, they're seen out the backyard and digging late at they're night. They're seen out the backyard and digging. Yeah. Um, Must be burying bodies. Yeah. We we get on then to a part of the story where the two guys are encouraging each other to knock the door of the neighbor. And when they do, they hit a buzzer or they hit the, do- the door knocker. The 669 number drops to 666 <laughs> and bees come out of the hole in the wall. And the two boys are chasing across the road trying to get bees off them. But... The story changes when Walter goes missing. Yes. They go to the house to try to find Walter because during all the mess of the guys covered in the bees, they find that Walter's dog, Queenie, is running about in the street. Mm-hmm. A bit dirty. So they go over to Walter's house and fucking Rumsfeld breaks in and they go into the house and it looks like a scene of struggle and they, all the wild cock theories in the world start happening and basically they come to the conclusion, the Klopaks have killed Walter. Of course they have. Of course they have. So... <laughs> We are then put in a position where a few things happen. Uh, the story folds on, and the two guys, Walter is basically, he's gone. There's no no mention of Walter, so Lieutenant Rumsfeld and Art decide upon themselves because they can't get Ray out because he's been told he has to stay in the house until he resembles a man <laughs> like Carrie Fisher married, uh, to which the immortal line Art says is, we don't have that kind of time, Carol. <laughs> so the two boys walk there were away. Some really, uh, <coughs> there are some really sarcastic zingers in there. Like, yeah. and you know Fisher is added in a few wee ad-lib bits as well. Like, you know rightly. He, um, the two guys walk away and in a moment of insanity decide to put a, a note on in the Klopax door saying, we know what you did. <laughs> but the Klopax have just seen um, Ray put a note through Walter's door. So he's raging because <laughs> they're going to suspect it's him. So they're having this conversation, and during this scene, uh, Ray's dog keeps tur- turning up to the two boys with a bone in its mouth. And it's then that Art actually takes a look at the bone that he's been throwing back and forth to the dog and realizes that it's not what some- we think. It could be something else. <laughs> a femur just happens to be a human thigh bone, right? Wait, how do you know that? Biology 101. I mean, look at the size of this thing. Think this came off a chicken or something? Where the hell did Vince get this? The claw bag. He dug it up from underneath the fence. (laughs) Ray. Ray, there's no doubt anymore. This is real. Your neighbors are murdering people. <laughs> so we, we, we come to the conclusion that that's possibly Walter. Yeah. Um, it's here that the film goes into hyperdrive. <laughs> it goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes for the women to, to, to sit, sit them down and go, what are you idiots doing? We'll just go over and meet them. Yeah. And uh, what ensues is so like there's so many scenes in the, in the, in the, the scene where, where they're in the Klopak's house. 
having invited themselves in. <laughs> Except Art. Art's not allowed in because he's too much of a moron. But as a moron, as Art is, he's trying to break in from the outside. <laughs> so, um, there's a scene where Bruce Dern is in the house. We haven't yet met uh, the Doctor. Mm-hmm. But we've met Hans and Ruben. And Ruben isn't having any of... Uh, of of our great uh, lead characters because he's just staring them out <laughs> but Bruce Dern is at the wall picking up wallpaper and he rips off a huge chunk of wallpaper and then has this look like a Wayne that's just done realised they've done something wrong and he's trying to stick it back on the wall <laughs> and it's such a mighty piece in the film because you realise they've no clue what they're doing they're what no. they're looking for or how they're going to figure <laughs> this out they're just uh, yeah and it's, it was more of a <laughs> A sort of a, a a nod to the fact that movies and TV were playing with people's minds and making them paranoid and making yeah, them, yeah and uh, <laughs> but again, just the the social anxiety of not knowing what to do, so I'll just peel some wallpaper, just peel away at the wallpaper. <laughs> some cunt come into your house and went, I started um, ripping back a wallpaper. Feeling awkward here. I'm just going to peel off your. Get the fuck out of my house and go and pick some grass. Right, if you want what, are you to what are you doing there? <laughs> so, uh, but it's America, so they get away with that sort of stuff. Yeah, they're. Uh, the 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 decor doesn't look like it's changed much since the naps were there yeah it looks like not much was brought into the house and that's mentioned in the film mm-hmm. they didn't see any moving vans yeah so it looks like they just landed and they're they're living in the stuff that was already there because uh, it's like a real old furniture and you hear an old clock a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a bit where somebody says a line and the cuckoo clock goes off and you're like that's good that's yeah. we know there to. yeah but this is like an old hollywood film yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I, I wasn't going to say you would call this a B-movie because it wasn't a B-movie at the time. It was a big thing. No, but, but it has nods to it. Like. Kinda, and it has a nod to B-movies, but it's also then garnered a, a cult following then mm-hmm. as time went on. It definitely has. It did well at the time, Tom Hanks, blah, blah. But when it, when thing died down and the it video... It died down. Yeah. It died down, as, as, as films do. But the video then started to become this real cult sort of following well, and a, f- a fan club if you want of people including ourselves who my story with it is sort of um like yourselves got it in video don't remember what year but it, it was early teens or whatever yeah. and i remember we watched it and i remember watching it again later on and then when we when i got to university somehow it was in our house nobody knows who brought it <laughs> but it was in our house and we watched it every day for about three years <laughs> we actually had quotes from the burbs written and on the wall in our house in university oh, Jesus! i swear to god i've watched it a few times like but <laughs> we watched it right quotes on the wall stop all these mental quotes just the word sardine <laughs> i remember about a nine on the tension scale there rube that was up there um hey pinocchio was up there there was just loads of quotes all around the walls in our house. Land- landlord must have loved you. Well, we took him down. He landed, or did we? I don't think we did. <laughs> we were probably, probably watching it and not paying attention. Lads, rent. So yeah, this film took on a wee bit of a word of its own, but it also took on. Um, it it also started capturing people's imagination about suburbia. Yeah, and like you said, and fair play to you for bringing it up, because Joe Dante worked under Roger Corman. Mm-hmm. Yep. He he was a B-movie king mm-hmm. um, Sort of under his tutelage He would hire young and up and coming directors To be camera operators And to just show them what sets look like Right <coughs> So let's do a wee bit about Joe Dante if you don't mind Yeah yeah 
Um, he provided the same opportunities for Coppola and James Cameron. Right. Um, which led on to James Cameron and Joe Dante working on Piranha, which was like the <laughs> the right, Jaws rip off yeah, around yeah, the time. That's right, yeah. But it's still a decent film. Yeah. That's right, Piranha. Joe Dante then went on to do. Now, if this doesn't, we've talked about this previously, but if this doesn't sort of cover again your childhood, I don't know. Yeah, who you absolutely. Are. Yeah. The Howling, mm-hmm. Gremlins, mm-hmm. Explorers, mm-hmm. Inner Space, right. The Burbs, Gremlins 2, Erie, Indiana, uh-huh. Matinee. Oh. And Matinee's a flat out B film about B films. Maybe. Matinee's still got a 91% written Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. Jesus. Mm-hmm. But all those films, all those I've just spoke about, they're all made with real love for film. Hmm. They're done with sort of a kid's sensibility, but with yeah. a wee bit of menace under them. Oh yeah, yeah. There's always an underlying. Yeah, yeah. of course. You can find a, a political subtext in most of the stuff. Uh-huh. Doing. Now he was given pretty much carte blanche to do what he wanted after Gremlins because it was huge. Oh, it was massive for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this was was, this, was was this the project he chose straight after uh, mm. Gremlins? No. No. Uh, this is straight after Inner Space. Inner Space. Right. Okay. Um, Gremlins was a few years before. Right. Uh, Gremlins Two was right after this. Right, okay. Um, but he also, and what I just found out, is he's currently working on a Gremlins prequel TV show for HBO. Get out. I know. How good would that be? HBO Max, you know their new streaming thing? Yeah, but you know how much, if you're listening to this podcast, you know how much we love our HBO. Mm-hmm. Good See, boys, you're going to be boys. doing some good stuff. What he did as well, and a move that doesn't really happen in Hollywood a lot, was he gets the writers on set. Now, there's no budget to pay for a writer on set because they've already been paid for it the script. Mm-hmm. So what usually happens is they have script editors. So what he does is he hires the writers to be an actor on the set. Ah, right. And pays them a small actor's salary. So Dean Olsen, who wrote this, Dean Olsen, he plays a cop at the end. Yes. So, but Dante's a fucking, Dante's the man, like. He, he encompasses all your childhood. A lot of your favorite films or any favorite memory you have from films as a kid, he pretty much involved them in some way, like. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's quite a CV to have, in fairness, like. Uh, I mean, back to the film then, you're sort of coming to the ending in the sense of uh, what we showed at the start and the Mm -hmm. intro. Um, So what happened was basically it's got as far as, oh shit, we're knocking the door and we're coming in uninvited to... To um, a revelation. Uh, Nobody's really convinced at this point apart from Art and Lieutenant Rumsfeld. Everyone else is going, will you leave them be? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is silly. Uh, at the end of the meeting in the house, uh, Ray opens a door, which he thinks is a bathroom, and he gets knocked over by a dog, mm-hmm. which it, which answers to all of us what the noise in the cellar was. Yes. You know, it wasn't just the furnace. There was something else rumbling about down there. It was a big dog. Yeah, big dog. So, right, that's that answer. So they go back to Ray's house, and everybody's having a big conversation, and Ray's giving the, the girls the impression, listen, I'm going to talk to the guys and talk sense to them. Mm-hmm. So we go into his study, um, and the guys are really ribbing at Ray. Like, will you take your balls out of your wife's purse? Sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, <laughs> yes. this this scene unfolds. So then uh, just the visual of this. The, there's then, the visual so of Ray pulling out Walter's uh, hairpiece <laughs> that they had left in Walter's house from his trousers. It's Walter's rug, so you got an old guy's wig. Big deal. You've had that in your trousers all day? (laughs) After you found this in Walter's house yesterday, I slipped it back in through the mail slot. Well, where did you get it this time? Clopex? 
after the dog came up out of the basement. I found it wedged between a bunch of magazines, all of which, I might add, were addressed to Walter. Well, then, then that, that means that Kropex went back inside Walter's house and got the hair. Ooh. <laughs> so the guys now realize that Ray's on board too, <laughs> and they're going on a mission. When you've got Hanks, yeah, because Ray's Ray Tom Hanks' character is the everyman. Yes, he's a straight partner. He's the anchor, sort of keeping the, the 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 sense in the middle of all the madness. Absolutely. But now he's on. Now he's on their side. He's joined the dark side. Now there's three lunatics and Corey Feldman being his own <laughs> lunatic. Corey Feldman, by the way, during the entirety of this, is just bringing more people to his house to watch these boys do stuff. <laughs> One of them, by the way, is Nicky Cat, the guy with the long hair. Who's oh, like, yeah. We're going to go get a Mickey D's. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, no, dude, pizza dude's coming. <laughs> he is uh, a, your favorite TV show, Friends. He's the guy that plays one of the couch bullies. Oh, uh, right, okay. Yeah. He's also the bully in Days and Confused. I love the way you say one of your favorite TV shows, like you don't watch it. I don't watch it. Is that fucking lying, Mo? I don't even, what, is that the one about... Like science fiction one? Is that the one that your wife watched all the time? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you know <laughs> every fucking and you've line. You've seen every episode yeah. 15, 20 times. Yeah, yeah. That's the same. Uh, oh, it's not the sci-fi one. Called, I got mixed up. It's called mind. It's called brainwashing, mind <laughs> control. <laughs> oh, I get mixed up for friends and mind hunter. <laughs> They're just so similar. Um, so uh, that's that's that guy. But there's a lot of people in the background of this film that apparently are like A-list stars that you don't really see because they're just a mix of all the kids at the end. Oh, right, okay. That just got their first shot at like supporting actors sort yeah. of stuff, but uh, nobody could say who it is. Even in the documentary came out with the Blu-ray there at the end of last year. Right. Joe Dante can't even say, he's like, I don't I don't even know who else was in this film. <laughs> <laughs> and is there anywhere, does anybody... No, nobody everybody, can find it. It's not on nobody's ever, IMDb or anything. Uh, yeah, nobody's owned up and went, oh yeah, I was there yeah. that day. But I would. Fucking right it was, yeah. Um, and I mean, well, I mean, we normally we talk about legacy i mean dante we talked about there he goes on to gremlins 2 hanks obviously is hanks yeah um hanks very much he, he i think this sort of there was something else he did that year oh uh turner and hooch yeah turner and hooch i was the other one sorry i knew there was a, there was a couple i knew there was one big one turner and hooch was another huge. classic yeah absolutely yeah. brilliant so hanks controlled the latter part of the 80s where the early part of the 80s would have been maybe murphy mm-hmm um, up until mid eighties, whatever I suppose maybe, but uh, Hanks definitely was uh, up there with. Oh, absolutely! I don't want to say comedy because they're not comedy. Because Turner and Hooch, but it had comedy elements, so it's like action it comedy. Com- it was comedic. Yeah, yeah. But Turner and Hooch also had the same sort of sinister. There was a thrill. There was a mm-hmm. criminal and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and there's not a lot of those made anymore. With that tone, that that tone is gone of a film now. Yeah, you're right. That the sort of film like The Burbs would make a fortune now. Yeah. But people aren't willing to take the risk. No. Because this type of film, the way it's done, there's murder in this like. Yeah. There's there's suspected kidnapping of animals in this like. But people don't want to touch things like that anymore for some reason. Yeah. I think it's the period we're in and And, and that's why we visit these films so often. Yeah, I was just going to say the the period we're in, the tone wouldn't suit today maybe is what the thing is. I mean, if you think of Corey Feldman's open scene where he meets the... The lovely trophy wife, mm-hmm. you know the usual sort of. Yes, they're they're in the garden before the bees ha- incident happens, and Corey Feldman's just standing, suggestively pushing a, a paintbrush into a paint can, and he shouts <laughs> at, at uh, Lieutenant Rumsfeld's wife, 
no tan lines this morning, Mrs. Rumsfeld. <laughs> <laughs> to which Rumsfeld, who's sitting right beside her, right beside her turns around and goes, the kid next door is a meatball. <laughs> which he is. Yeah. He's but a massive a fucking meatball. No, no tan lines today, Ms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So again, I suppose that there are um, there are things and elements. And, and I mean, Disney have started to do that recently. Mm-hmm. You know, they've sort of trying to change the tone of some of their films. They have. For today, because they've done, you know, like... Splash. Right. Uh, they edited Splash on their recent streaming service. <laughs> Any references to war or murder at all in The Simpsons? Stuff that made it funny? They've cut them out. Oh, no. Yeah, and a lot of their old films, controversial old films, which have racial overtones, mm-hmm. aren't available. Yeah. Uh, so people are editing the past, and that's a bit strange. That's a bit scary, because they're also editing the present. Yes, because it's only vision people who haven't seen this before know of it now. Yeah. So they won't have known that there's a... There's not a... Yeah. It's not like you have the original and the alternative version now. You have the original, the post-Disney edit, and the alternative. The alternative, yeah. Jesus, which one do I watch? Yeah, it is very... It is a very scary time that one company has such control over yeah. um, pretty much all of Hollywood's output at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. anything big in that sense. Uh, Marvel. Uh, Universe, uh, Star Wars, Simpsons, that's all, mm-hmm. it's all Disney. Yep. All under the Empire pie. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, so exactly, it's all right, sure, Mickey's looking after us. Oh, Mickey, it's Mickey, sure, it's fine, oh, it's Mickey. Jesus, the greatest swindle ever to happen on the planet list. That episode of South Park is uh, genius. It's incredible, where they just take down Mickey as the emperor of all of Earth. Oh, yeah. Very, very good. Uh, I used to do a bit about that where <laughs> I used to say I used to speak to an audience and go do you know if you go to your Disneyland uh, Paris that if you go to the Toy Story section and you shout Andy's coming the toys will all lie on the ground <laughs> and they're like oh and that's, that's true if you go to your, if you do that shut you, the fuck up yeah yeah if you're in the Toy Story section say Andy's coming they'll all pretend to lie down what yeah 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 that's incredible yeah it's class but if you Walk around your land, does it land Paris and shout mouse fits? Oh, yeah, they'll put you out. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> fuck, I was so into that, man. I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> uh, oh, forgot about that. Good. Must bring that back. <laughs> that's a good one. I never heard you do that before. Uh, that's yeah, <laughs> mouse fits. Whenever I say oh, I've heard that, I thought I was like, oh my god, oh, that's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, doesn't have it so, but I mean, and I, I mean. Oh, I don't know what other films will ever get edited or things changed. No, but... Like I mean, one of the biggest... Um, what would you... I mean, one of the biggest controversies of changing the film was Star Wars mm-hmm. with the re-edits. But yes. you also had the likes of the 25th or 30th edition of E.T. where they changed the uh, the guys coming running with guns to guys coming with running with radios. Yeah. That's just more, weird. You know, the Star Wars one I get because it was for continuity to yeah. link up to the new... Yeah, ver- yeah it's a new but one. But to change it because... You see, that's the problem. Mm. If you were to make, like we were saying, if you were going to make a, a film like The Burbs this Today, year, yeah, yeah, you would have to make it in that generation and keep referencing. Oh, that's what happened back then. Absolutely, you yeah, couldn't yeah. make you couldn't, it like a now film based make, on that sort of no. similar vibe and story. No. You would have to go, oh, but it was the eighties and nineties. This yeah. is what they were like then. Mm-hmm. No, you can get away with. Uh, I'm not saying get away with it. If you should get away with, it, you know what I mean. But I just think there's certain things that. Expl- like I'm, I'm wondering now: Are they going to start? You know, do they, do they take the cocaine out of Scarface? Yeah, you know, out of it? most eighties action films we yeah. loved. It's there's there's cocaine uh, involved. There's they, machine guns. There's Uzis. There's the new rule of not wanting to see people on the big screen smoking. 
Are they mm-hmm. going to go back through old films? And you know, so no, no. where does it stop? Like, does, where does it stop? There'll be a whole industry just of that. Yeah, I actually heard yeah. recently about um, knew the film Cats that came out. Uh-huh. Have you heard about this shit? I heard it was shit. No, but have you heard about recently what the, the they're demanding a release the butthole edit? Oh, or release the butthole cut. Apparently, there was a guy in the effects department for this Cats film mm-hmm. that had to edit out all the cat butts. From the now, somebody went to the bother of creating the cat butts mm-hmm. CGI. Mm-hmm. Somebody then had to go back and out. wipe it all out. Oh Jesus Christ! Because a focus group would have sat but more than I was put off exclusively by yeah. the feline butt. You were what? Wh- why were you looking at the female? Twenty wing nuts put into a room who have yep. nothing else to fucking do, and their opinion dictates what a film is going to do. Yep. If I was a director, I would lose my fucking mind. Uh, yeah. Uh yeah. So that's the. the I mean, a focus group. Would fuck up the burbs today. Oh, a hundred percent. There was no, there were the they got one one hour forty would be reduced down to one twenty maybe. Absolutely. They would take out if so we many got things, that or if we got that or any references or anything like that. Uh, so we're we're pretty much we don't want to really give away the ending of this, but you can tell that it all starts to go awry. Yeah, I mean uh, you get the thing and and there's basically a street party watching the guys <laughs> get breaking into the house. Um, a house explodes at a point. The police are involved, and then a huge revelation. Yeah, big revelation. Not as big as like Fight Club. <laughs> Not as big. Well, fuck it. You were pretty convinced that it wasn't going to go that way for that's a while. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they did do it very well. They had a good reveal in that sense. What? What? And that's another sort of thing that you that you don't that sets us apart from the normal mainstream is the path it took you down beforehand. Yeah. Because you did actually believe going, oh fuck, this is about. Oh, you shouldn't be part of it. You know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And you're like. Oh, maybe it's maybe not. Maybe we can oh, maybe be a wee bit paranoid. You know, so, uh, yeah, it was always uh, it was always edgy in that sense. Yeah. Well, just about the film itself, if you look at the background scenes, if you look at what's going on in the background of most uh-huh. of the film, the continuity in it is flawless. When the guys dump the rubbish, that rubbish is referenced two or three times. There's a scene... Yeah, because it's all sort of so, such a short, compact day. And really because yeah. it's on one block of a street, you can mm-hmm. see every house in a 180 view, and that's shown early on in the film when Hans opens the door of the Klopex house. Yes. And it spans across the whole street. Now, if you're looking at that scene, you can see that uh, he's just sizing them up and they're sizing him up from their front front lawns. Mm-hmm. But you can see a truck over at Walter's house, and it's delivering something. But when he spans over, you can see that somebody's closing up the truck so with continuity in mind the, cr- the truck must pass by the other characters yeah. so it shows art and ray standing edging each other on goading each other to go and knock the door of the house to welcome their new neighbors to the neighborhood and the truck goes past yeah it, that doesn't happen in most films no the, the this fucking detail is incredible also in that scene they play uh the Mammoth Harmonica, the Ennio Morricone theme from That's Once right. Upon a Time in the West. And there's a close-up scene of every character, including Queenie the dog. We gotta get to Queenie. Yeah, Queenie. There's a thing about Queenie that I have to tell you. Right. Now, you so, should see the glee and the this, smile across I swear Ronan's to God. Ronan's a big dog lover, and he's just... I can just see him <coughs> now getting so excited. Not just that. Like I said, I've seen this film over fucking 5,000 times. Uh-huh. I've watched it with... Hungover eyes. I've watched it with other people who are really into the film. I've watched it with my wife just for enjoyment. It's one of those films I'll watch forever. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Queenie is a superstar. Right. Queenie's an actor. What else has she been in? Queenie has been in one of oh, the biggest long? films of all time. How long? How long? 
What other I, film have you seen a poodle have I play seen a major? In... Hello, Clarice. Oh, no way. Queenie's the was same. She in... She's precious. Was she precious? And was she's she in Batman fuck. Returns? No, no. She's... Oh, she's I thought she was Batman Returns. Pre- she's she's precious. 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 Remember? Mm-hmm. She gets her down the well, breaks the dog, breaks his mm-hmm. leg, and he's freaking Bring the baby. my fucking dog. Yeah. Oh, man. Buffalo Bill's fucking dog. Jesus, be precious. It's Walter's dog in the burbs. That is unreal. Precious is... Uh, and was it, what was her real name? Because Queen, she played Queenie and Precious, but... Uh, our oh, Farfel. I shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, assign a gender to the dog. Yeah, it's our Farfel, which is two. Our The dog's name is our Farfel. No, it's not. That's the dog out of Seinfeld. <laughs> I don't know the dog's name. The dog's long dead. Rest in peace, Queenie and Precious. Uh, Deefer. <laughs> Deefer dog. Deefer uh, dog. <laughs> I still that from, we're still that from somebody. Where did I heard that somewhere? Uh, yeah. So listen, um, the Burbs is available to. Uh, is there any word? It was on. It was it on, on Sky for a while. It's on Sky. I, okay. I think it's up. I think it's maybe on Amazon Prime. Uh, so if you get a chance, give it a whirl. Hope. Um, and if you're like myself, you hadn't seen it in a number of years. Um, it's it's actually quite nice to watch it again. Yeah. If you're like Ronan and you've watched this many times, so he has, you know, maybe seek help. Uh, but. <laughs> Um, thank you very much for, for tuning in as always we know things are a wee bit strange at the moment but yeah. you know we'll get through it and we'll be here as long as we can each week until they fucking tell us we can't uh, well we're, we've pretty much we've interacted with absolutely zero people yeah and we're we're we going to clean these mics we're we going to clean we these, we're going to clean this room we're going to no we're not yeah we're but not we have, somebody we, else will we have been six feet apart um, and that's just mainly down to the smell I suppose more than anything else but it's mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah so on all seriousness um, stay safe and we will be back now. well yeah we'll fuck it they can't stop us we'll do it somehow we'll figure we're, out we're, we're now officially we're broadcasters Ronan yeah you, you um, what's, we, we're under this? the telecommunications part because in, in my eyes if Stephen Nolan and William Crawley and all them other fuckers are allowed to go to work because they're key workers well then you know, because they have to get the news to people. Well, we have to get people's, you know, we have to get to our people with our opinion on some random thing. Yeah, that's that's essential. It is a key part of life. Is that real? That's a real thing? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly had you convinced there. But, but, to be fair, but it is a real thing, yeah. we Well, we, 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 we technically are broadcasting. We are putting this out and, and actually, and probably... No better time to put things out when people uh, need something to listen to. But yeah, yeah, and shout out to the the guys on Twitter from the community podcast we did. They give us a lot of love on Twitter. Yeah, um, they were they were lovely people. They understood us. They're from America and they totally understood us. Connor well, wouldn't know what this is because he doesn't get involved in anything we. I don't I don't deal with that sort of stuff. But thank you very much for listening. They were they and were lovely. Uh, they were very very nice and very complimentary. How how deadly is that that they can uh, understand us? No subtitles. I know the guy said he works with an Irish person, so he's picking up all the words we say and going, <sighs> "That's what he means." <laughs> <laughs> you see, our accent is uh, a lot more polished than the rest of uh, this this country, north and south. Um, no, not only that, we put on an accent. <laughs> if we talk like me and you talk in the car, oh, this would be a scene battle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much, folks, for listening. And uh, again, we will be hopefully back next week. If you haven't, um, we we weren't even going to mention it today because these these podcasts aren't time bound you can listen to them anytime but please do share the word uh leave us reviews 
we ratings and five stars and four stars and yeah. no, no three stars or less. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you.